If I could go back in time and do three things very differently in my financial life, what would they be? Well, I'm going to share these three things with you right now. Welcome back everyone to Sugar Mama's Fireplay podcast. I am Canna Campbell. I really hope that you're well and I really hope that you're enjoying all of my podcasts which I publish every Monday morning for you. I hope that you're starting to really feel a sense of greater financial well-being in your life. Even if you've only just begun, even if it's only a few little changes in what you're doing in your relationship with money. I hope that you're feeling far more empowered and inspired to continue on building your financial wellness. Now, today I want to talk to you about my three biggest regrets when it comes to money in my life, particularly when I was in my like late teens and my early 20s. Where did I go wrong? If I could do things differently, what would they be? You see, a lot of people assume that I was born good with money. I've always been good at money. I've always been good at saving. I've always been good at investing. I've always been really meticulous and organized with my money and I, I do everything perfectly. And whilst I believe I'm pretty good with money, the truth is it has been based on a lot of hard work, incredible patience. I mean, I saved my deposit for my first apartment for six years, if not longer. It's involved a huge amount of dedication, persistence, uh, and I'd say probably more likely me being incredibly stubborn. I'm like a dog with a bone when I want something. And even creativity along the way. I mean, the $1,000 project was for me was a creative process. And all of these things I've had to use and harness to help get me through good times as well as the bad times. And even today, I'm constantly learning and evolving in my own financial world, in building and continuing to build my own financial well-being, which is based around independence and freedom. Now, my financial journey, in fact, nobody's financial journey is always a straight trajectory, onwards and upwards, but one that is a lot like the ocean. Sometimes there are really big, scary waves, frightening. Sometimes there are dangerous currents and rips that rip us out of nowhere and take us from one side of the world to the other. But there's also times where the ocean and the seas are incredibly calm. The waters are crystal clear. The waters are warm. We see beautiful waves, maybe like a perfect barrel if you're a surfer. And you might see beautiful fish and dolphins and whales around you and it's an incredible journey. And sometimes those rips actually might help send you in the direction that you're trying to go in a more efficient way, in a faster way, a way that you use, I guess, less energy. So over time, I've had to learn how to read those waves. I've had to learn how to ride those waves. I've had to learn how to keep my head above water. I've had to learn how to duck dive when those waves have got big and scary. And all of these experiences have ultimately helped me in my financial journey. Now, all these different ocean conditions have ultimately helped build my financial education, my financial experience. 
And at times, this is included and involved me getting things wrong, sometimes very wrong. I don't want you to think that I am perfect with money. I get things wrong. I sometimes waste money. I sometimes make a bad investment decision. I sometimes do something at the wrong time. That's life. Nobody is perfect with money. However, I believe that I have gotten less things wrong in my life financially by asking questions, researching, leaving no stone unturned, being, I guess, maybe even a little bit nosy at times. I've never been afraid to ask people for advice. I was always the kid in the class that would put my hand up and ask questions, even though I'm sure at times they were really stupid and dumb questions, but I just made sure I always asked, even if I needed to know for my own clarification or reassurance. And one thing that I've always loved to do is ask people, what did they do that was right? What did they do that they regretted? What were the challenges along the way? How do they get through the other side? And so on. And of course, what were the blessings in disguise? Now, these answers kindly shared by people, including various mentors in my life, have helped me hugely in my own personal journey, actually even beyond my financial well-being. And these answers have contributed to having greater wisdom through their experience, listening to their answers, building up my own awareness and insight for myself from hearing what they had to say, what they had to share, what they gained from that experience because they would then impart that on me. So today, I guess you could kind of say, it sounds really cheesy, maybe I'm trying to pay it back. But I want to share with you, if I could go back in time, what are the three things I would do very differently in my financial world? Now, this podcast is a two-part series. So this week, I'm going to share with you the three things that I got wrong. And then next week, I'm going to share with you the two things that I got right. And my hope for this podcast, as you listen to it, is that it might help you change a habit or a mindset that might be holding you back in life. Or it might be shifting or tweaking one of your financial goals that maybe inspires and empowers you more more for, uh, for greater success, for greater efficiency, for maybe even to open up your mind as to what you can really achieve. And most importantly, it encourages a more authentic sense of self, self-care and adventure in your life. Now, with all of my podcasts, YouTube videos, blog posts and stuff that you've seen on Instagram, I have to do that reminder that everything is general advice only. All of my content is educationally based only. It's never personal advice, it's never investment advice, it's never strategic advice, it's never product advice. So if anything I ever talk about and you think, oh, is that a sign that I should be doing this myself? Please make sure you go and speak to a financial planner and ask them for personal advice. All right, let's get cracking. All right, what's the first thing that I really regret if I could go back in time and I would change? Well, it'd actually be being wasteful on money. I remember in my, I think it was when I got my first job. When I was at university, I actually worked two jobs. I worked for an IT company and I also worked behind a bar. And whilst I was saving very hard for the deposit for my first apartment, I still wasted a lot of money. I would spend money on uh, makeup. I still today like buying makeup, but I, I, back then, I remember I like saved up so much money to buy this custom eyeshadow palette. And I had all these like disgusting, like clown colors. 
and this makeup palette was so expensive and I was just obsessed with like wanting to have all the colors within this palette. I, and I, and I, it was, it was like an addiction that was sort of out of control. I also used to get really caught up in fashion trends and, and to a certain degree, like trying to keep up with the Joneses. I remember there are these beautiful uh, Kristen Dior sunglasses, and this is going back to 2001 maybe. And these sunglasses were so expensive. I think they were like $350 or maybe even more at the time, which is an obscene amount of money for sunglasses back then. And I still think it's an obscene amount of money today. But all the cool girls around me had these like Dior wraparound glasses. And if you're of similar age, you might actually think know the style that I'm talking about. And I desperately wanted to have a pair. I I went out and bought a similar pair where we were wrong. So I was trying to keep up, but they weren't the right ones. They weren't cool enough. And then I had to go and buy another pair. I remember I once even bought an outfit to go and fly on a plane because I was worried that I wouldn't be dressed appropriately for the flight. And it was the most ugly outfit. It was so not me at all. I felt so uptight and conservative. And I ended up like looking at those clothes with like detest and disgust disgusted myself that I actually even went and bought it. And they were, it was actually a really expensive outfit at the time. Um, I also used to do this with furniture. When I finally bought my apartment, I, I bought furniture. In this haphazard manner would go and buy furniture without stopping and thinking, okay, well, this sofa fabric would go with that ottoman. Um, all right, that uh, TV unit is way too big for the apartment. It's not gonna work. And I just, I just had rookie error after rookie error in trying to, I guess, put stuff in my apartment. And this was all a massive waste of money. I wish I learned about minimalism earlier in my life because minimalism has really stopped the, the financial wastage in my life, the excess, the clutter. I now, and have been for a really long time, from the moment I discovered minimalism, really slowed down my consumption. I, I shop mindfully. It's why my book is called Mindful Money, because I now really think and plan my purchases. I really make sure that if, for example, I go and buy a new eyeshadow palette, it's going to have colors in it that actually are going to enhance my skin. They're going to work with my skin tone and my eye color. They're colors that make me feel good. I'm also going to make sure that if I do go and buy makeup, it's a good quality. It, it meets my value system. And I'll check my eyeshadow palettes at home that I already own so I don't waste money and buy duplicates. With my furniture, I spend a lot of time research and planning and making sure everything complements each other. It's well-made furniture. It's you know going to stand the test of time. It's, it reflects you know the style and the taste that I really like. My clothing, um, I actually just recently published a podcast about how I afford fashion. I, you know, will really research. I will be a really fussy consumer. I will make sure that, you know, I, I stick to just a couple of stores and that my clothes all work harmoniously within a color palette. I have wasted so much money in my youth on just silly stuff, trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to fit in. It's also trying to, I guess, find myself, find a sense of who I was, what was important to me. And I, when I look back in time, I think, there, I have grown so much as a person. I'm definitely not the person I used to be in my early 20s as what I am today. I feel like I have a greater sense of who I am and I do look back with regret as to how much money I wasted in my life. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I can really relate to what Kanna is talking about, do yourself a huge favor and go and learn about minimalism. Dip your toe in and see if it is of any interest to you because minimalism has got to be probably one of the biggest breakthroughs, shifts and improvements and value adds 
in my life beyond money. All right, next regret I have is there actually around my financial goals, which is probably going to come as a huge surprise to a lot of you. Now, when I go back to like my early 20s and I think about my financial goals, and when I look back, if I find my notes, which as I've moved houses every now and again, I've found my old journals and notebooks and, and so forth, and all my goals and workshops that I attended. And the goals were always gross worth, net worth figures. So, you know, I'd have a goal to, you know, have $100,000 invested, um, have a net figure wealth of 250000 or uh, a gross worth figure of 680000 Now, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but for me, I didn't connect enough with it. Yes, I was inspired. Yes, I was motivated. Yes, I was driven, but not on a, a deep, meaningful, empowered, engaged, committed, connected way. For me, the moment I turned those goals and shifted them from being net worth or gross worth goals, which to me, when I look back in time, and to me, when I see a gross worth or net worth figure, it kind of just feels like a meaningless phone number. But I shifted them to be passive income goals. Boy, did I up the ante on my commitment and dedication and my passion to improve my financial well-being even further. Because for me, that passive income represented something much better bigger and better in my life. Knowing that I was building a passive income of say, for example, $80,000 per year. That to me was the light at the end of the tunnel. That was the, I guess the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that kept me moving and growing and, you know, made sacrifices, not sacrifices, but meaningful, dedicated, empowered decisions. Because the passive income represented to me, freedom, choice, time, flexibility, adventure, because that $80,000 meant I could cut my work down to say two days a week or three days a week. It meant that I could afford to go on holiday every year um, without having to worry about money. That meant I could uh, retire, you know, a hell of a lot earlier than, than what, you know, maybe I had originally planned. To me, it was, it was a much more meaningful goal and it was huge. So I, my regret is that I didn't shift my financial goals away from being one dimensional, but to being two dimensional with the power of having a passive income goal. Because to me, that was a lot more, I guess, a sexier goal, a more meaningful goal. And if you are someone who is, when you look at your goals, these goals are, you know, gross worth, net worth goals, have a go and ask yourself, what does that actually mean? Where is the value behind those? Because sometimes I feel like I dropped the ball or I got distracted more or I was disinterested um, when I had those goals. If you add the element or I guess the, the magic ingredient of a passive income goal, it definitely changes and evolves your financial journey, I believe, for the better. And I have to say that moment where I started thinking about my passive income goal that was a huge aha moment. And if you're ever wondering, okay, well, I want a passive income goal, but I don't know what that passive income goal should be. The first place to start is looking at your budget. That is, what is your cost of living? How much money do you need to earn to be able to survive with your lifestyle? So for example, you might sit down and do a budget and you discover, okay, well, for me to be able to pay my rent, uh, go on a holiday and be able to you know, pay for food and go out for to restaurants with my friends and buy the clothing that I currently buy, my cost of living is $75,000 a year. If you wanted to, 
you could build your passive income goal to be $75,000 a year and say you earned $75,000 per year off your investment portfolio through you know, various passive income streams. That would mean that you don't actually physically have to go to work if you don't want to. Now you might be thinking, no, I love my job. Why would I want to stop work? And that's great. And I'm in the same boat as you because I love my job even if I had you know, achieved my passive income goal today. I would still be working and doing what I do today because I love it so much. What an alternative for you might be will be like, okay, well, my cost of living is $75,000 a year, but I would love to be able to um, start up a new business on the side. So I'll need at least two days per week to work on that new business. Or I'd love to go and uh, do a new course or change my career path, those sorts of things. So that is when you might go, okay, well, I'm going to have a sort of income goal for myself of say, $35,000 a year because that's going to allow me to have that freedom in my in my life. Or alternatively, you might want to even aim even higher and go, you know what, my cost of living is $90,000 per year, but I want more luxury in my life. I want more freedom. I want more adventure. I want more travel. I want to go to more restaurants. I want to see more countries. I want to explore more cities. I want to be able to take my family and friends with me. That is perfectly fine. That is awesome if that's what you want. And perhaps you might go, well, actually, my passive income goal needs to be $120,000 a year. Now, of course, with your passive income goals, I have to put my financial planning cap back on and remind you of income tax and inflation, of course. But that is how you start to really connect and build meaningful, authentic goals that inspire you empower you make you want to spring out of bed as i said you you know those sacrifices the things you've had to say no to and give up don't feel like sacrifices anymore they seem and feel like meaningful valuable investments that are going to really pay off and the return is that peace of mind that relief that sense of progress as you see okay well my passive income so far is two thousand dollars a year and then you check in again and the next year it's three and a half thousand you can see that sense of progress and of course might be small and, and slow and it might be quick and big, those, those growths as you achieve your goals. But it is so incredibly powerful and is so incredibly meaningful. So definitely relook at your goals and try, if you can, to include a passive income goal in there. The third and final regret that I have in my financial life, and this will probably come as a big surprise to some people, is I really wish I had traveled more. Now, when I was in my 20s, as I said, I was saving up um, for so long and so hard to for my deposit. And a lot of my friends were going on gap years. Uh, they were going, you know, backpacking around Thailand and, you know, driving around the US and, uh, you know, working and living in London and, you know, learning languages while living in, say, Norway or, you know, it was I I didn't do any of that. And I, I'm. I'm grateful for the sacrifices I made. There's no doubt about it. But I just wish I had included more adventure, more exploration. Because when you travel, you're investing in yourself. We become more open-minded. We learn about other cultures. It only contributes to our own personal growth and development, which is invaluable to everyone in anyone's life. And as I said, look, I can't afford to travel today. And look, I the one thing I've always believed is Travel is not something you only do exclusively in your youth when you have that time and, and that freedom. It's something you can do throughout your life. And because of this regret that I have, I'm definitely prioritizing as I achieve my financial goals and I, and I get closer and closer to achieving my passive income goal, which if you've read Mindful Money, is called my Mindful Money number. I'm definitely including more and more international travel 
and I intend in taking my children with me till they're at the age where they're like, no, it's not cool traveling with mom and dad. I will drag them, you know, to every corner of the world when I can so that they can, you know, experience travel and we can do it together and we can have memories um, and adventures and experiences together. But I definitely wish I had in my budget in my early 20s, I regret not traveling more. I, I really should have prioritized in my budget more money. And this is where it comes back to that waste, I guess. Less makeup, less clothes, less um, oversized furniture that didn't fit or suit my apartment. And shifted, I guess, that financial wastage into, you know, more experiences, more travel, seeing, you know, more places in the world. And that is a, a huge regret of mine. So why am I sharing this with you? Well, maybe one of my three regrets may be something you can relate to. Maybe it's a sign that you need to ease up on uh, maybe your financial goals and include more fun in your life. Maybe it's a sign that you need to shift and tweak your own personal financial goals. Maybe it's a warning that you need to rein in the spending and look at cutting out financial wastage in your life so that you can achieve your other goals such as travel such as investing, such as building up your passive income with greater speed and efficiency. But the big thing I want to share with you is I've always been incredibly grateful for when anyone that's important to me or a mentor to me has shared their regrets with me because I have learned so much from their mistakes. And when I hear people's stories, and which includes the setbacks, the challenges and the regrets, each time this has helped me avoid mistakes avoid the same mistakes or similar mistakes. It's helped me make healthier decisions. It's helped me gain a better understanding of myself. It's helped me see the signs, the lessons and the nuggets of wisdom, which has only made me a better person in building financial freedom and independence in my life. And hopefully, I guess, a better person. <laughs> so if something resonates within you as you listen to this podcast, maybe it's a sign for you to make a change. Maybe it's time for you to revisit your goals, revisit your budget, revisit your self-care, self-love, revisit those lifestyle goal accounts that I suggest you set up and make sure that you're doing this in a more meaningful way that's connected to your value system and serves your higher self, including your higher financial self. And when it comes to someone asking you to share three things that have benefited you in your life or three things that were the best thing that you ever did for your financial well-being. You can answer that question with pride, with satisfaction and with great admiration for yourself in taking the initiative to step up and make a better change for your financial well-being, but also your long-term financial well-being. Thank you everybody so much for listening. Please make sure you're subscribed to my podcast. Of course, you can make sure that you download the Podbean app if you want to make sure that you have immediate access to the moment I publish my podcast every Monday morning at 5am. And of course, don't forget to listen to the second part of this podcast series where I share with you the three best things that I ever did for myself financially. And I promise you, these are incredibly important things that everyone who listens to this podcast really needs to hear about. I will connect with you again next Monday morning. So make sure you are subscribed.